0: Thank mm-hmm. you. Blue Shirts fans to episode number 179 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host John Chick. And today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on and you will get $10 off of your next order. And for today, this is an episode that kind of been trying to get to over the past week or so ever since the Rangers got eliminated really but then of course the Rangers won the draft lottery and we've all had Alexi Lafreniere mania uh, since then but what we're going to do today is kind of circle back to an idea I had like I said right when the season ended and we're going to take a look at the eight New York Ranger upcoming free agents. We're going to talk about how likely it is that The Rangers will re-sign them, uh, how important these guys are to the team going forward, the kind of seasons they've just come off of, the kind of contracts they could be looking at going forward, and we're going to go kind of from the least prominent free agent to the most prominent free agent on the Rangers, and this is just kind of my ranking. I mean, you might have it slightly different, but again, we're going to work from The smaller names to kind of the bigger names as this episode progresses. And we're going to start the whole thing with Michael Haley. He is an unrestricted free agent and a total journeyman. Uh, I thought this was interesting. So he has been in the league since 2009, 2010. And in all but three years of his NHL career, he has skated in 27 or fewer games. So it is what he is uh, the journeyman of all journeymen. He's gone from the Islanders to the Rangers to the Sharks to the Panthers, back to the Sharks and back to the Rangers. He skated in 22 games with the Rangers. This past season, one goal, uh, but with Haley, it's obviously not about points. It's about going out there and being an enforcer, being the tough guy, being the guy who will drop the gloves when the situation calls for it, stand up for his teammates, all that good stuff. And it's crazy because there really aren't that many players left in the league who are strictly enforcers the way that Haley is. It's kind of gotten to the point in the NHL where you as a player, need to be able to do more than just fight. And Haley, you know, he was in the lineup a decent amount of games for the Rangers early in the season, but as the team continued to grow and find itself and improve, he was phased out more and more. And then, of course, he had what turned out to be a season-ending injury and was no longer in the mix for playing time with the Rangers, obviously. And in some ways, you have to give Haley credit because this is a guy who has had to scratch and claw and literally fight to stay in the NHL. But, I'm just not so sure the Rangers are going to be all that interested in bringing him back. I mean, yes, he fights. He can do that if you need him to. And I suppose it would be nice to, you know, have him as an option. If you're playing the Islanders and you expect trouble, you're playing the Flyers and you think there's going to be all kinds of problems and there's going to be fights, then it might be nice to have the option to plug Haley into a lineup for a game such as that. But the Rangers, they've got other guys who can fight if they need to. I mean, you've got Truba. I mean... He can fight if the situation calls for it. Uh, Brian Lemieux, if he's brought back next season. Tony D'Angelo, if he's brought back next season. And apparently Ryan Strom, who got into a fight with Justin Williams uh, right at the start of the playoffs there. So, I mean, is it possible that Haley comes back next year? Yeah, it's at least possible. You could bring him back on another cheap deal, another one-year kind of contract. But he's 34 years old, uh, a very one-dimensional player on a rebuilding team. And I just kind of get the feeling that Haley uh, could be on his way in the offseason here. Moving right along to Greg McKaig, another unrestricted free agent for the New York Rangers, and you talk about a journeyman. So he made his NHL debut in 2013-2014, and since then, he has gone from the Maple Leafs to the Panthers to the Lightning to the Penguins to the Hurricanes to the Rangers. And to be honest, I get the feeling he might be on his way this season as well. He doesn't seem to stay in the same place for too long. Uh, I think McKaig at this point He is what he is, and that's a serviceable fourth-line player, but really not much more. And similar to Haley, he never really seems to stick in a team's lineup. You know, he kind of goes back and forth between the NHL to the AHL to being a healthy scratch to being back in the lineup. He just has trouble uh, really sticking in a team's lineup. But in fact, uh, this past season with the Rangers, he skated in 53 games, and that was a new career high. His nine points were also the second most of his career for the Rangers this year. He's 28 years old. I think he was fine as a fourth liner for the Rangers this year. He was serviceable, but I kind of saw him as something of a placeholder. And something that we got to keep in mind here as Ranger fans, and it's something that's going to work against guys like Greg McCaig and Michael Haley, is the simple fact that the Rangers roster has improved dramatically in less than a year. I mean, think about opening night last year versus where they are right now. So this is less than a calendar year. Uh, There's a lot of new players. You've got Julian Gauthier, who was acquired in a trade. Philip DiGiuseppe kind of played himself into the Rangers lineup and, for the most part, stuck in the lineup uh, in the latter parts of the season this year. Uh, He's a restricted free agent, so we'll see if he's back. But if he's back, he could be in the mix next year as well. Uh, Philip Heedle, you know, this is easy to forget but he actually started this past season with the Wolfpack and didn't make his season debut until the end of October with the Rangers. And obviously, I don't think he's going to be starting next season in the AHL. I think he's done enough with the Rangers that they're going to want to see what they have. Uh, you know, he do He's kind of been a streaky player over the last couple of seasons, but you got to remember, still just twenty years old, still has some upside, and I think the Rangers definitely got to give him some run with the main roster next year. So I don't think you're going to see him uh, starting next season in the minors, and then have somebody like you know either Greg McKeag or Michael Haley uh, with the Rangers. I don't think that would really make any sense. And next year you're also going to have Lafreniere in the fold as well, assuming the Rangers draft him. So naturally, guys like McKeag and Haley. Kind of find themselves without a clear path to any playing time. Certainly, Haley and McKeg to a lesser extent. I mean, is it possible that McKeg uh, re signs with the Rangers next year on a cheap one year deal? It is, but I just get the feeling that McKeg, who's a career journeyman at this point, will probably be moving on as well. Like I said, this roster has gotten better since opening night of last year, and that just makes it that much more difficult for guys like Michael Haley and Greg McKeg to be on the active roster, and it makes it more likely that the Rangers will move on from them in free agency. So, if I had to predict, I would say McKay probably moves on, but certainly there's at least a chance uh, that they bring him back next year in kind of the same role that he's been in, and that's on the fourth line. It's just kind of like a steady pair of hands on that fourth line. Just wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is even more delicious than ever. It's got 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors. Six new flavors, Caramel Brownie, Cookies and Cream, Cherry Barsia, Lemon Almond Cheesecake, Carrot Cake, Apple Almond Crisp. Those are the new ones. To go along with the 12 original flavors, my personal favorites, Peanut Butter Brownie, Mint Brownie, and German Chocolate. You really can't go wrong with any of those. They are absolutely delicious. They are covered 100% in chocolate. They are soft and easy to chew. And the best part, they're healthy. They are great for anyone who is health conscious. You can lose or maintain weight while in indulging in an absolutely delicious treat. The bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and great for the keto diet. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on, and you will get $10 off of your next order. Once again, use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at builtbar.com. Moving right along here, let's go to Philip D. Giuseppe, who is a restricted free agent and He's kind of in a similar boat as McKegan Haley where he might just be naturally phased out as this Ranger roster just continues to get better and better. And if you're the Rangers, that's a good problem to have. But last year was Zeppi's first with the Rangers. He skated in 20 games, one goal and three assists. For me, I don't know. DiGiuseppe, he didn't really stand out one way or another. I do think he plays hard. And we even saw him make a little bit of a cameo on the Rangers' top line with Mika Zabanejad and Pavel Buchnevich when Chris Kreider was out with an injury. Uh, they just kind of chose to move Di Giuseppe from the third line up to the top line rather than move people all over the place. That was kind of the one big move that they made there. But... Yeah, I mean this Ranger roster—it just keeps getting better and better. And I don't know that keeping Di Giuseppe in the fold is something that's really going to be all that high of a priority for the front office next season. Now, again, he is somebody with some NHL experience. He's played in 170 career games with the Canes, Predators, and Rangers. So it's at least possible. Listen, maybe the organization has some interest, bring him back as kind of a fringe NHL, AHL kind of player. Uh, maybe he comes back on another one-year deal. I think that could get the job done. I don't think there's going to be this enormous market for Philip Di Giuseppe and there could be a situation where D. begins next season with the Hartford Wolfpack. That way, he can kind of be there as organizational depth. And if you have a situation where you're the Rangers and somebody gets injured, then maybe you call up D. Giuseppe and at least you have someone with some NHL experience that can jump onto the ice You know, like we talked about. But again, I really don't think re-signing D. Giuseppe or letting him walk is going to make or break the Rangers one way or another next year. And even if he is back, I get the feeling that in a best-case scenario for D. Giuseppe, he probably ends up as as a fourth liner for the Rangers. So we'll see. Could definitely go either way, but it might all just depend on if DiGiuseppe is willing to come back and kind of accept the role as kind of a swingman, you know, somebody who could kind of move between the NHL and the AHL. It's possible he gets a better offer somewhere else out there. Maybe there's a, a chance for more playing time on an NHL roster with some other team. He is a restricted free agent, but if he ends up getting, you know, a better deal than the Rangers are comfortable giving him, then I think certainly they'll let him walk because he really is just kind of, uh, you know, a role player. I think that's fair to say about Philip DiGiuseppe. Alex Georgiev. Now, we've been talking about the Ranger goalie situation really ever since we started this podcast all the way back in October, and just a couple episodes ago, I made the prediction that I think Georgiev could be gone this year in free agency. He is a restricted free agent, But I'll say now what I've been saying all along, and that is that the Rangers, they really don't tend to spend big on their backup goalie. Uh, Once again, you know, if you look at the past, you look at Cam Talbot and Antti Ranta and both of those guys were not retained by the Rangers long-term, and they both put up better numbers with the Rangers than Georgiev has thus far. Now, I understand that Talbot and Ranta had better defensemen to help them out, and they just played on better Ranger teams in general, but Georgiev has a career goals-against average of 3 on the nose and a career-save percentage of 913. Uh, I don't see the Rangers breaking the bank here. Now, it is fair to point out, That Georgiev, he played in more games than any other Ranger goalie this past season. So clearly he had a hand in helping the Rangers improve and find their way into the 24 team playoff tournament. But, you know, something else that I think works against Georgiev, we've got this guy, you might have heard of him, Igor Shusterkin. And yes, small sample size this year, but he did a great job. And the Rangers have seen him as kind of the goalie of the future for some time, and the future seems to be now. Now, There could be some Ranger fans who would like to bring Georgiev back as maybe sort of like a quote unquote uh, Igor insurance. And if Igor falters and he's not the real deal, then the Rangers can go with a plan B and that would be Alex Georgiev. But I really don't see the need. Everything we've seen from Shesterkin suggests that he is indeed the real deal and he's going to be the man between the pipes for the Rangers for a lot of seasons moving forward. And on top of that, the Rangers have Tyler Wall and Adam Huska as well. They could be the two goalies for the Wolfpack next season. They're both highly thought of as well. And then you've got Henrik Lundqvist and he's got one more year left on his deal. A buyout could be an option, but I do just don't see the need to bring back Georgiev, especially if you're going to be you know, paying a considerable amount for him, and I like Georgiev. I really do. I don't want to make this sound like I'm just, you know, burying Georgiev, and I don't think he's any good because that's not true at all. But I just think the Rangers. You look at what's coming down the pipe for this franchise. They're going to have much bigger fish to fry uh, this year, and certainly in future years. I mean, think about when guys like Adam Fox and Capo Kako and Igor Shesterkin are all approaching free agency. The Rangers are going to need some money to play around with, and that doesn't even take into account players that the Rangers might look to bring in from other teams, other free agents. So, again, I I just think the Rangers, they have bigger fish to fry than re-signing Georgiev, and I don't want to see them handcuffed in future years just because they're paying too much money to their backup goalies. So, I don't know. I think Georgiev moves on. A trade of Georgiev could make some sense here as well, but we'll just have to wait and see how the Rangers play it. Again, you know, I know a lot of people have been predicting that Georgiev will be back. I'm really not so sure. This is definitely another one that could go either way. But again, I can't justify giving significant money to the backup goalie when you know you're going to need that money elsewhere. How about Brendan Lemieux? He will be a restricted free agent in this offseason. And it's funny because, you know, the season ends and you reflect back on everything that the Rangers did this year, you know, postseason, regular season, all that good stuff. And you start to think about some of the lasting images that kind of come to mind and some of the things that might stick with you you know, throughout this entire season and things that might even continue to stick with you for years to come. And one that always comes to my mind almost instantly is the picture of Brian Lemieux wearing the Broadway hat in the locker room the night that the Rangers fell behind 4-0 to the Canadians and came back in won 6-5. Of course, Lemieux scoring twice in that game. Uh, Lemieux took an absolute beating during that game. And that picture of Lemieux, you know, he's got the Broadway hat. He's got a towel draped over his shoulders. There's bloodstains. There's bruises. And I know I've made this comparison before, but he looked like Rocky Balboa at the end of Rocky Four. And, you know, you got to respect that toughness. You got to respect that grit. You got to have some players like Brendan Lemieux. Again, he is a restricted free agent. He made just 925000 this past year. I think he's probably in line for a raise, either from the Rangers or from whomever else might sign him. But. He doesn't put up the kind of offensive numbers that will cause him to break the bank, and in a way, I think that might actually work in the Rangers' favor uh, if they're looking to re-sign him this offseason. Another thing that I've always liked Lemieux is he can definitely play the mental game as well. He can kind of get in the heads of his opponents, and we saw that on display as recently as Game 3 against the Carolina Hurricanes. Unfortunately, as we all know, he was suspended for the first two games of that series, but there was a skirmish in front of the Canes net after a whistle, and he goads the defenseman, the Carolina defenseman, into basically just punching him in the face and taking a penalty. And then also shows that he can be smart enough not to retaliate. Uh, that punch happened in full view of the referee and the Rangers were certain to get a power play and Lemieux smart enough not to, you know, throw another punch back at him. So I don't know. He's just one of those pests. He's one of those agitators that can really get an opponent off their game a little bit. So I do think he has some value. You know, hockey isn't always X's and O's and numbers and skills and stats and Corsi and whatever else you want to throw out there. There's something to be said for just kind of exerting your will on somebody and winning the mental battle as well. And I think Lemieux, definitely someone who can help the Rangers do that on any given night. And listen, you know, we mentioned that he doesn't typically put up these gaudy offensive numbers. Uh, However, this past season, he had six goals and 12 assists for a career-high 18 points. He is still just 24 years old, so is it possible that Lemieux eventually develops into, like, maybe a 30-point-per-season type of player? Even 35? It's possible. I mean, he was a second-round draft pick back in 2014. He is only three years into his NHL career, and it's definitely at least possible that his offensive game continues to develop at least a little bit. And you know what? Even if that doesn't happen, Lemieux's still a player with some value for all the reasons that I just mentioned. Uh, The toughness. The willingness to stick up for teammates and fight if the situation calls for it. The ability to mess with his opponents a little bit. So I get the feeling Lemieux, somebody at the Rangers could definitely look to bring back this offseason. He should be fairly affordable. Again, I don't think this is one of those players that's going to absolutely break the bank in free agency. And he is restricted so the Rangers can match any offer that he receives. Again, a very unique player. And I don't really know who takes over his role if he ends up somewhere else for the Rangers next season. So... I would not be at all surprised to see him back with the Rangers uh, at the end of free agency. Let's move on to Ryan Strom, another restricted free agent for the Rangers. And this one is tricky because on one hand, you've got this guy who just turned in the best season of his NHL career at the age of 27. On the other hand, Is it for real? And how much of it is a result of playing with Artemi Panarin? Certainly, at least some of it has to be the result of playing with Panarin. He set a new career high with 59 points. He had 18 goals and 41 assists, but he made his NHL debut in 2013-2014, and this is only the second time that he has had more than 35 points in a season. Uh, Really just a journeyman before this, and gave the Rangers a lot more than they ever could have hoped for this year. And again, I know that has to do with playing with the bread man, but they had remarkable chemistry together. And hey, you know, it takes two to tango. So, you know, Ryan Strom uh, certainly pulling his weight and doing his part on that second line for the Rangers this season. And something that I think he definitely has working in his favor is... The Rangers still kind of lack depth at center. Obviously, they have Mika Zibanejad, but beyond that, it's pretty barren. You know, Ryan Strom, obviously, the second-line center, and beyond that, there's a lot of question marks. So that bodes well, I think, for his chances of being brought back simply because I don't know who the second-line center is next year if you don't bring Ryan Strom back into the fold. Now, could the Rangers dive into the free agent pool and look to bring in, uh, you know, a top-six type center if Ryan Strom does not resign? Of course, they could do that, but Like I've been saying all along, I really don't think this is the year that the Rangers uh, really go nuts in free agency. I just... First of all, the class isn't as deep as some other free agent classes that we've seen. But again, they're continuing to lay the foundation. And I think after next year, when they're clear of some of these poor contracts, that is when you'll see the Rangers, you know, be really aggressive in free agency. And I know they brought in Artemi Panarin uh, to a big money deal in free agency this past offseason, but that was kind of a necessity. They needed a star player to get this rebuild off the ground a little bit, get somebody in there who they could start to build around. And Artemi Panarin definitely qualifies there. But anyway. I would like to see Strom back. And really, if you do bring him back and you go into next season with a second line of Strom centering Panarin and probably Capo Caco, then it's entirely possible that Strom could set new career highs once again next season. But if you're the Rangers, I do think he'd- Still need to be wary of the fact that Strom produced at a much higher level this past season than he typically does. I'm not trying to discount anything that Strom did this past season, but you really do need to be careful here if you're the Rangers. He's 27 years old, so I'm thinking maybe a bridge contract could make a little bit of sense. If you're the Rangers, you give him a deal, kind of a short-term deal with a solid average annual value. Maybe you put it somewhere in the four or five million per year range, and then after two years, you kind of reevaluate. You see where we're at. Has Ryan Strom continued to produce, or was that one year that he just had uh, a little bit of a fluke? Where are the Rangers as a team? Are we now deep enough at center where we can let him walk? All those are questions you could re-examine two years down the road. So we'll see. Uh, I think if the price is right, Strom is back next year. But if someone is offering him uh, a long-term deal at, say, $6 million per year, $6.5 million per year, I don't know if you could spend that much money on Ryan Strome if you're the Rangers. But we will see. Definitely going to be an intriguing player to watch in the offseason here. Uh, Again, he did a great job this year, and it would really be cool to see him back and continue to work magic with Artemi Panarin, possibly Capo Caco as well. And then we come to Jesper Faust, and man, I want to see Jesper Faust back on this team. You know, we've talked about how... It's nice to have a couple of veterans in the room, and it's so easy to forget this. I mean, I've mentioned it a couple times on here, but it really is crazy to think that at this point now, uh, Foss is the fourth longest tenured Ranger after Henrik Lundqvist, Mark Stahl, and Chris Kreider. And certainly with Lundqvist and Stahl, uh, their days are numbered. You know, I can't see either of them being a Ranger Pass next season, of course, that is when both their contracts will expire. So, if Faust does get an extension from the Rangers and not really an extension, if, if they re sign him in free agency, then he will end up being the second longest tenured Ranger in a short amount of time. And with Faust, we've been watching him for years. He's a gritty player, he can play a variety of roles. He is an outstanding penalty killer. He goes to the dirty parts of the rink, he fights for the puck. If he's back next year, Um, I've got him as the third most likely player to become the next Rangers captain, and it's a distant third because I really think that the C will be worn either by Mika Zibanejad or Chris Kreider next season. But if there's a little bit of a dark horse in this race, maybe it could be Jesper Foss because Foss, you know, like we said, he brings that grit, he brings that toughness. Uh, He's a very well-respected player in the locker room. So if the Rangers decide to go a little bit of a different route and they end up re-signing Jesper Foss, then maybe just maybe he's a little bit of a dark horse. And again, I think it's a really distant third. I think Mika Zibanejad, Chris Kreider, by far the two most likely Rangers to be the next captain. But if there's a third most likely Likely Ranger, I think it's Jesper Foss, and you know, again, he's an unrestricted free agent, so he's free to go wherever he wants. But I got to figure there's at least some interest on the part of the Rangers in bringing him back because you got to have a few of those heart and hustle players on your roster. Uh, Foss still just 28 years old. He just completed a three-year deal that paid him 1.85 million dollars per year. So I think certainly he's in line for a raise. But is he going to command four or five million dollars a year? I don't think so. Maybe four. I don't I can't see him getting a five million dollar per year type of deal. But you never know. And this is where free agency becomes tricky because if some team comes along and they offer Jesper Foss five million dollars per year for, I don't know, four or five years, and you're the Rangers and you just don't think he's worth that much, or it's not even that you don't think he's worth that much, but it's that you can't afford to be paying Jesper Foss that much based on the other moves that you're going to have to make uh, this year and in seasons to come, then you really sometimes don't have a choice but to just say goodbye. And that would be unfortunate to see. So I'm kind of hoping that, you know, selfish, I mean, listen, Jesper Foss, he deserves to be paid. Uh, Certainly he's worth more than $1.85 million per year. But selfishly, I kind of hope that his market is a little bit slow to develop this year. And then maybe the Rangers can bring him back at a reasonable cost for both sides. Maybe somewhere in the three and a half million dollars per year I mean that sounds about right to me and it's going to depend on you know what other players are getting but yeah I mean three and a half million sounds about right and I thought it was really cool to see Foss kind of develop really for the first time in his career into like a true top six forward this past year and obviously just like with Ryan Strom, Foss got a boost from being out there with Artemi Panarin but it's not like Foss was dead weight out there I mean he kept up with his line mates and he does seem to find a way to score some of these blue collar goals you know stuffing goals rebounds Things like that. And again, I don't think Jesper Foss is going to break the bank in free agency. And if the Rangers are able to bring him back at a rate of, you know, three, three and a half million dollars per year, I think they would definitely want to consider doing that. Again, you got to have a few veterans on your team. He has a great all around game. And it was super cool, again, to see him just kind of evolve into being a top six forward this year. Uh, He's an alternate captain right now. I think he would stay in that role if they re-sign him. He's a very respected player in that locker room. Get this guy back in the fold unless some other team just goes crazy and just completely overpays for him by a ridiculous margin. But I would love to see Esper Foss back on this team. And that brings us to the final New York Ranger free agent, and probably the one who's going to end up with the nicest contract out of the entire bunch, and it's Tony D'Angelo. And this is an interesting case as well because D'Angelo, he essentially got himself a payday with how he performed this season. I know that his defense can still occasionally leave something to be desired. We saw that in Game 3 against the Canes when Ajo basically just went right around D'Angelo like he was standing still, but you know, D'Angelo, a player who continues to improve year in and year out, still just 24 years old, Uh, he smashed his career highs across the board this season. 68 games, he had 15 goals and 38 assists, became a very important part of the power play as well, scoring three goals, dishing out 16 assists on the man advantage, and he is a Restricted free agent. And, you know, you got to remember also the trade that brought Tony D'Angelo here because at the time, a lot of Ranger fans definitely had some mixed opinions on this. The Rangers, of course, sent Derek Stepan and Antti Ranta to the Arizona Coyotes in exchange for D'Angelo and also a first-round pick. Unfortunately, that first-round pick was used to select Elias Anderson, and to date, that clearly has not worked out for the Rangers. But, you know, for D'Angelo, listen, I know he can be a little bit controversial. He can come off as being very opinionated. Uh, He has made some mistakes off the ice in the past. From a hockey perspective, though, you do have a defenseman here who has shown uh, some real prowess, some real offensive prowess throughout this past season, and again, a player who continues to improve. Uh, There is something major here that I think could be working against D'Angelo, though, as far as his chances of re-signing with the Rangers, and that's that the Rangers they have other offensive-minded defensemen and guys like Jacob Truba and certainly Adam Fox. You've got Truba, who's already making big money. Fox probably will be making big money in a couple of years, and that's not to even mention somebody like Ke'Andre Miller, who the Rangers, uh, they love him. I mean, they're very high on him, and he seems likely to make his Ranger debut at some point next season. Uh, he killed it at the University of Wisconsin the past couple of years. He represented the U.S. in the World Juniors in each of the past two years. Just a great all-around game, and Obviously, he got some run with the Rangers uh, training camp 2.0 or whatever you want to call it. Each team was allowed to have one non-roster player at the training camp, and the Rangers went with Ke'Andre Miller, and that wasn't just for the heck of it. It's because they see him being a key player for this team in the years going forward, and that probably starts next season, and I would think that he'll probably start next season in the AHL with the Wolfpack, but I would be shocked if he didn't—not shocked, but I would be pretty surprised if Ke'Andre Miller at some point next year is not skating with the Rangers. Then you've also got Nils Lundqvist, who the Rangers also took in the first round, another young two-way defenseman. So the point is, how many offensive-minded defensemen or two-way defensemen do you really need? And I'm not saying it wouldn't hurt to lose D'Angelo in free agency because it would. He's a player, again, he's rapidly improving. Uh, He definitely brings some fire, some intensity to the rink every night. But he's not going to come cheap based on the season that he just had for the Rangers, uh, especially when you consider that he's still just 24 years old. So there's part of me that thinks the Rangers might actually let D'Angelo walk, and that might upset some Ranger fans. There might be some people hearing this who, who can't believe that I'm even saying this, but... The cold hard truth in hockey and any professional sport, but especially in hockey where the salary cap is tight, and of course there's going to be a flat cap this year, is that you Can't keep everybody, and the Rangers they're gonna have to pay some of their own guys at some point. Maybe D'Angelo is one of them. Maybe they do, in fact, uh, you know, reach out to D'Angelo and they give him a nice big contract and they keep him in the full because they really like what he brings to the table. That is entirely possible, and if they do that, it's not like that's gonna upset me because, again, D'Angelo, a lot of upside, he continues to get better, he's coming off of an outstanding season. But you know, the Rangers are also at some point. They're going to have to pay guys like Capo Katko and Igor Shesterkin and Adam Fox and even Alexi Lafreniere. I mean, that's not for a while, but eventually that's going to happen. And I think everybody I just mentioned is more important to the Rangers going forward than Tony D'Angelo. And again, I'm not sitting here trying to shove D'Angelo out the door or try to suggest that the Rangers shouldn't even try to bring him back. I think if you're the Rangers, you at least give it a shot here, but if he proves too costly and he's going to get like $6 million or more per season, then I think you have to let him go, and we'll see how it unfolds. Tony D'Angelo definitely certain to have a very interesting free agent market, and the case can definitely be made both ways, whether to you know, bring him back at all costs or let him walk. But again, for all those reasons I just mentioned, the Rangers they have offensive defensemen already on the roster and they've got a couple more coming. So how many do you need? And, you know, D'Angelo, again, his defense every now and then can leave uh, something to be desired at least a little bit. But, you know, again, I'm not going to go crazy if they do bring him back because he had a great season and could certainly get better, still just 24 years old. So there's considerable upside uh, still with D'Angelo. So we'll see what happens. And the only other thing that I want to mention before we wrap up here for the day is that Henrik Lundqvist is a finalist for the King Clancy Memorial Trophy. We will definitely talk about this more extensively in our next episode on Monday. Lundquist is one of three finalists, along with Minnesota's Matt Dumba and New Jersey's P.K. Subban, and the award goes annually to the player who best exemplifies leadership qualities on and off the ice and has made a noteworthy humanitarian contribution in his community. And Lundquist, of course, along with his wife, uh, formed the Henrik Lundquist Foundation and has raised more than $3.2 million since doing so. uh, The foundation helps charities and has directly given grants and made commitments of more than $1.5 million in support of Children's Health and education. So definitely a deserving nominee is Henrik Lundqvist, one of the true good guys in hockey. And and you hear something like that, and it just makes you wish, uh, for me anyway, uh, that he continues his career with the Rangers next season, that he comes back for one more year. And I understand he's got a big contract. He's going to be a little bit overpaid in a backup role. But I just don't want to see it end with a buyout. That just doesn't sound like the way Henrik Lundqvist's tenure with the New York Rangers should conclude. So very cool stuff. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode taking a look at the Rangers' upcoming class of free agents. We will continue to talk about all eight of these guys as free agency unfolds in the weeks leading up to free agency. We will also, at some point, look around the league at other impending free agents from other teams and see who the Rangers might look to bring in. Again, I don't think it's going to be a season where they just go absolutely crazy in free agency. But certainly there will be a couple players brought in, uh, you know, from around the league and we'll see how they fit into the Rangers next season. But that's going to do it for today, guys. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in. If you would like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Now go ahead and tell your smart device to play the latest edition of Locked On NHL. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.